Alright guys, it's Monday. We're back at it again, man. It's a whole lot has changed since the last time we talked. We, uh, we've had some Elite Eight action. We've had some Final Four finalization here. We've had the Lord of Sweet 16 came first. We got NASCAR news. We got some Will Smith news. We've got some NHL, NBA, NFL Elemental P. I mean, we got all the news today, guys. So let, let me get started about what entertained me just tremendously over the weekend. Will Smith and Chris Rock. When I when I first heard it, you know, anytime I hear anything rock, I, I instantly go to Kid Rock. So I, I, I thought I misheard everybody this morning. So I had to go back and take a look and see what was going on with the Oscars last night, right? Well, we're, we're sitting here. And Will Smith is in the crowd, you know. You got Chris Rock up there on the stage. He's hosting everything. And he's doing what Chris Rock does. And he's throwing out some jokes, right? And then he targets over there towards Will Smith. Throws a little joke at Will. Will chuckles about it. And then he hits on Jada. Jada's hairstyle, rather. She went and shaved her head. She's got an autoimmune system disorder, which causes hair loss, these type things. And initially... When they were sitting there filming everything, you see Will Smith laughing. But if you take a look in the background, Jada was fuming. And so these guys pan back over to Chris Rock. And you know, Chris is doing what he does on stage. And then all of a sudden you just hear Chris go, uh-oh. And I'm thinking Will at this point had turned around. And he sees the look that Jada's giving him. And I don't know about you guys. You gotta do something at this point. I've heard so much back and forth. You hear people talking about, oh, it shouldn't have happened. And you hear people talking about, man, I'm glad it happened. So, I mean, I fall on the side of careful what you say to people's wives, man. <laughs> it's going to get violent sometimes. Now, Will Smith and Jade have been in the news a lot. You know, they, they, there was a whole affair. There was the whole interview process about the affair and... Jada seems all nonchalant, smiling about it, and then you got Will Smith sitting here in tears on this interview and just completely destroyed and broken down over this. So you already know there's just, I gotta defend my girl. <laughs> With it, Will Smith gets up. He approaches Chris Rock on the stage, and this dude reaches in his back pocket and just smacks the tongue out of this man. I mean... I hear people saying it was staged. Everybody's trying to bring attention to the Oscars. I've, I've heard a lot of back and forth. But that wasn't a Hollywood slap. I mean, there was no clap to this. There was a thud. This dude caught him with the palm of his hand, not not the fingertips. It, it was personal. And then he goes, sits down and says, keep my wife's name out of your expletive mouth. Ooh, he repeated it over and over again. And Chris Rock says, I will. <laughs> so, like you said, it was the greatest moment in television right there. You know, maybe I come from a different generation. You know, it's, it's, I was born in 85. So we're a little bit more rugged than your millennials are at this point. You just don't talk about people's family like that. I mean, not, not where I come from. I mean, it's one thing to be joking. But when you start going after appearance... That's a that's a different story, you know. That that one got personal. I, I'm a comedian. I like to laugh. I like to make people laugh. I'm going to say fat jokes because I'm fat, but I'm not going after somebody's mama. I'm not going after somebody's wife. I, I was raised different. I, I've seen how that works for those guys. So I mean, it's just not a road I'm going to cross. But uh, 
I tell you what, I'm glad it happened. <laughs> it was, it was just pure enjoyment on my side. I mean, it, things it really heated up over the weekend, and it was just absolutely amazing on my end. So I, I, I do apologize again if it didn't sit well with you guys. But man, you want to tell? I tell you what, he ain't gonna have any more jokes about Jada moving forward. I can assure you that one. But let's let's go ahead and talk about what's heating up, man. We we got March Madness rocking and rolling right now you know we had the sweet 16 on friday thursday and friday you had arkansas taking on gonzaga you had michigan taking on villanova texas tech and duke houston arizona st pete and purdue providence and kansas unc us ucla iowa state and miami those were some great games they they really really were some good games there you know it was all of them down to the last possession pretty much you got arkansas that just went on an absolute hot streak. You know, this was the last man standing for the SEC, right? Your SEC, SEC, you know how we do down here, right? But they go in and they beat Gonzaga, 74 to 68. You know, that's not a lot of people saw that coming this year. You know, Arkansas kind of came from nowhere in my eyes. I mean, granted, they made it to, what, the Elite Eight last year? Uh, that's just not a team I expect to see in the NCAA tournament year in and year out. Gonzaga? That's a staple name. That's like talking about Duke. That's like talking about UNC and Villanova. Those are the four that you just always see there. The Kentucky Wildcats. You know, that's another team that's just always there. So it's just, it was refreshing <laughs> to see a change of pace in one of these big names that just go down like that. Now, Michigan, they took on Villanova. Granted, Michigan kind of couldn't quite get over the hump on this one. I mean, we're looking 63 to 55 there. Villanova moves on. And then you had Texas Tech and Duke. I mean, who's not pulling for Coach K at this point? You know, farewell tour, call it what you want. Uh, I'd hate to say I'm rooting for him at this point because it seems to be the kiss of death for anybody I do. But uh, with it, they take out Texas Tech, 78 to 73. Another fantastic game to watch. And you had Houston take on Arizona. You know, you have a five seed taking on the one seed. 72-60. Houston takes them out. So that bracket is set. We move over here to Friday, and we got St. Pete or St. Peter's. This is the game, the team that has just cut everybody off guard. This is your Cinderella story. They go into Purdue, and I'm watching this game, and I remember when Tennessee squared up against them earlier in the season, and it uh, didn't quite go as well as I wanted it to. But that was after I looked at the score. I didn't even watch that game. So I'm sitting here watching this game with St. Peter's and Purdue here. And I'm seeing this center in the middle of the court. I was like, my God, this dude is huge. The dude is seven foot four. I mean, what the crap? This guy comes walking up to the rim. And instead of jumping to dunk it, I think he tripped. And he fell. And the ball falls through the hoop. I mean, this dude was just gigantic. But the... the amazing part is how small the St. Peter's team was and how effective they were in that game. That's, again, another fantastic game. You know, St. Peter's, they take it 67-64. to 64. And I ain't gonna lie, watching all the basketball games, I thought they had the best guards in the tournament right now. So, with it, it was awesome to see these guys move on. And then we roll over here, we get kind of what I've expected. Kansas, they're kind of the darling of the uh, NCAA tournament right now. And they are a huge favorite to take it all, you know. And they go in, handle business, 66 to 61. And then we roll over here to UNC and UCLA. 
a lot of people have been sleeping on UNC, uh, North Carolina here. And that has a lot to do with their regular season. It wasn't the greatest. It's uh, not what you expect out of UNC basketball. But with it, these guys are hot right now. You know, These are the people that, this is the team I'm watching. You know, I'm not expecting these guys to make a uh, make a whole lot of noise in the next round, but uh, they go in and they take care of business, seventy three to sixty six. And speaking of last team standing, we got the Miami Hurricanes still in the tournament here, here in the Sweet Sixteen. So they are taking on your eleven seed Iowa, you know, number ten Miami. They take it seventy to fifty six. I mean, it's. I'm sitting there watching it. Everybody, to me, looked a little undersized on this team. But they go in, they handle business, they move on to the next round. And that kind of set us up for uh, <clears throat> Saturday and Sunday here. You know, we get out, out of the Sweet 16, and which were fantastic games, again. And then we roll over here into the Elite Eight. You know, I'm expecting another just fantastic weekend of basketball here and my goodness it was not <laughs> it was not so we'll go ahead and start with uh with our cinderella here st peter's you know they they go in they're taking on like i said what i'm thinking is going to be the team to the team that i would fear going into this because they, they got hot at the right time you know they go in and they take on north carolina you know and it's not like they weren't efficient it's just they finally ran into a good team. They really did. Uh, North Carolina, I mean, they couldn't really have much going wrong for them in this game. We got Brady Manick. You know, he drops 19 points. We got Armando back. He drops 22 points or 20 points, but he gets 22 rebounds. I mean, the the size the, the of these guys, they just outpowered and outplayed St. Peter's on this one, so... UNC, they move on. They take care of business, 69 to 49. Beat these guys by 20 points. I mean, it, it, it just started getting ugly. It did not, there was nothing, anything about this weekend that was pretty. I mean, ask Chris Rock. It was just completely ugly. Now, we get over here to Arkansas and Duke. You know, another game on Saturday. And I'm expecting a much closer game. But instead, we're not. We're, we're sitting here 78 to 69. You know, I mean, Arkansas, they just really couldn't get things going, you know. And then we got Miami and Kansas. You know, this was, again, maybe I just got the kiss of death. I don't know. It just seems to always work out that way, unfortunately. But, you know, we got some home interest here. We got Miami in the tournament still. So, yeah, you know, we got something to pull for here. It doesn't work out. <laughs> you know, they, they run into Kansas. You're looking at 76 to 50 here. So, I mean, it, another 26-point spread on that one. I mean, if you're a Kansas fan, if you're a Duke fan, if you're a UNC fan, man, that was some good basketball for you to watch. But let me tell you what game wasn't good to watch, and that was going to be the Villanova and the Houston game. I mean, you want to talk about just a bomb of a game here. These guys set a record for the lowest points scored in an NCAA tournament game. Villanova bests Houston 50 to 44. I mean, I didn't quite get to catch this game. I don't know if the defense was just that good or if we just could not shoot the freaking ball. 
but it was I, i'm glad i missed that one <laughs> you know I re, who doesn't like a good nap on sunday right i mean i'm pretty sure this one would have lulled me right to sleep but i mean we're looking here at villanova you got Jer, jermaine samuels he grabs 10 rebounds and 16 points and that's the best show <laughs> the best showing for villanova here we get over here to houston uh we got taze moore 15 points 10 rebounds i mean unfortunately that's as good as it got guys <laughs> it just was nothing but absolute garbage to watch this weekend but uh got a few little sound bites here we got uh houston and villanova we got their final seconds here so we're gonna go ahead and play a few clips for you after that uh we'll, we'll pick on a few more teams here and then we'll go ahead and uh get to moving on oh, the lowest scoring elite eight games in history Slater will put it in. He finds Daniels, and it's off the knee of Daniels, and that's Houston ball. Tajay Moore forcing the turnover. 12.9 left. Need a quick shot. Edwards, three-pointer. No good. Run down by Tajay Moore. Three is no good. And Gillespie secures, and that's going to do it. The Villanova Wildcats are headed to the Final Four. And then we got Duke, you know, and Duke in Arkansas. Like I said, it's I was expecting a much closer game than it was, but again, Duke takes it 78 to 69, and here's your final call. Final minute to go. We'll have our second team set for New Orleans. Davis with a basket. Villanova and Duke are going to be those to advance to get the first two tickets punched. The Blue Devils are bound for the Big Easy. And unfortunately, Cinderella's slipper was just a little too late on this one. So we got UNC 69-49. to 49. I mean, this was unfortunately just a beatdown on these guys. But uh, again, here's your final call. North Carolina is heading back to the Final Four. Setting up a dream matchup with Duke. And unfortunately for us... Miami, they just could not get over the hump on this one. Again, Kansas City puts it to them 76-50. to 50. I mean, that, that's a 26-point spread. But again, here's the final call for these guys. Coleman Lambs. He's played in Illinois, DePaul, and Iowa State. A long three. He sticks it. Kansas Jayhawks are going to the final four for the 16th time in their 50th NCAA tournament. So, your final four bracket is set, guys. Villanova's going to take on Kansas. We're looking at a 6-0-9 tip-off on Saturday. Uh, Duke and UNC, that's the game I'm expecting to see a whole lot of good basketball. And Villanova's got me concerned. These guys haven't really been hot on the court here lately. They, they've had some real low-scoring games, but... Uh, Duke and UNC, I mean, what rivalry gets better than that at this point? But uh, tip-off is going to be 849 on Saturday. So you guys make sure you check that out. I'm at, now, if you're you're into betting, if you're into gambling, you know, I'm riding with uh, Kansas and UNC on this one. So I would suggest you put your money on Villanova and Duke, just the way my, uh, my selections have gone here recently. But I'm excited to see how this is all going to play out. Uh, don't get me wrong. I would love to see Coach K take it to the house win one more, you know, win it for Coach K, and let this dude ride off, you know, kind of like a 
a hero's farewell, you know, carry this man out on his shield. He, he's been a staple in my life as I've been growing up watching basketball. You know, all you hear about is Duke. All you hear about is Coach K. You had your Kentuckys, your, you know, North Carolina. You know, these guys have just always been around in the March Madness brackets. These are the, this is your Alabama right here, you know. So it, it's, I would love to see them take one more home, man, honestly. But uh, UNC, man, these guys, they got hot at the right time. Again, their season wasn't the greatest, but it, it doesn't matter until it's March. You know? And that's about the time I pay attention to this stuff, simply because that's when you're going to get your best basketball. It really is. But uh, hats off to Miami. These guys went in there, played their hearts out. It's just, unfortunately, it was not their year. It wasn't in the cards for these guys, but... Uh, can't wait to see what uh, March Madness continues to bring us. Now, speaking of heating up, I can tell you what's not. And that's the Miami Heat. I have no idea what's going on with this team at this point. And I, I can tell you this. Out of all the little fan groups that I'm in with the Miami Heat, this fan base is losing their mind over this losing streak. You know, they, it all started here with the 76ers. You know, they... Monday, last Monday, they lose... 113 to 106, and then they host the Warriors. They lose 118 to 104. Then they host the Knicks. They lose 111 to 103. Then they host the Nets, and <laughs> they lose 110 to 95. So, I mean, we're on a pretty rough skid here. And and the losing started before then. I mean, that, that left out the Timberwolves here. Lord, they took it to us 113 to 104 back in on March 12th. I mean, that's, that's how long this losing streak's been going. So I understand why these guys are are panicking you know as a fan it's hard to see your team that's been on top and just dominating this entire time just slowly start slipping in the standings here so at this point the miami heat fall to the number two spot in the eastern conference the celtics jump them uh, the bucks are right on their heels so with it it's uh this four game losing streak's been tough man and i, I can <laughs> i can promise you the fan base is ready to see some winning i that yeah, you can look at it one of two ways. Either these guys are resting their legs for the playoff run coming up, because what do we got, just a few more games left? I think there was nine last time I counted, so we should be less than that. But uh, you don't want to get to a point where you just lull yourself to sleep. You know, you can become rusty just by not being out there performing at your best. So look, looking here, we got seven more games before all this is said and done. I would like to see them start winning some <laughs> before the playoffs take off. And, and who knows, this might be strategic. Are we trying to position ourselves to a better seeding than being the number one seed? Sounds a little ridiculous in my eyes, but uh, hey, you know, maybe the cards are in your favor if you do it that way. I, I don't know. But uh, they might be pulling a uh, a trick out of old Phil Jackson's book there where they, they tanked so they didn't have to be the number one seed. But, hey, it might be the easier path. We'll, we'll find out. But I, I can assure you, Miami Heat fans are not enjoying what they're seeing here on the uh, on the court. You know, these guys, they're about to tip off here at 730. So they're facing a terrible Sacramento Kings team. So if you're going to break your losing streak, it better be with this team. Or you're going to have fans trying to just burn the building down on you. So... But again, tip off is at 7.30, so we'll see if uh, <laughs> if everything plays out the way it's supposed to on this one. Now, things that have heated up and have been hot all season. My guys in Tennessee, 
the Memphis Grizzlies, John Morant. These guys have just absolutely dominated everybody they've come up to. I mean, granted, you're going to lose games. But these guys are putting up 120 points or better on everybody. Everybody. If you can't score 120 points on this team, you might as not even lace up your shoes. Uh, to be honest with you, these guys are sitting comfortably in the number two spot behind the Suns. Uh, the Warriors, they're sitting in the three spot here, but John Morant, man, if it wasn't for the injuries this guy has had, you might be looking at the MVP this year. Still a strong chance of it. I mean, you can take this kid, I call him a kid, you can take this young man and place him on anybody's team and it immediately improves. I mean, this dude's dropping 40 points on people. Like, it's nothing. So, I can't wait to see what's going to happen in the playoffs with these guys again. This is the time of year where basketball really starts to heat up. You got the NCAA March Madness. You got NBA playoffs happening or just right around the corner. So, I'm excited to see what we got going on. Now, over the weekend... <laughs> The Orlando Magic, they entertain me. They, they really do. I haven't, since Shaquille O'Neal and Dwight Howard, Orlando Magic has really been nobody. These are like your Cleveland Browns of the 90s, right? This is a team that you forget that's here until they have to play your team. It's like, oh, man, they're still in the league. <laughs> but with it, man, these guys have finally won enough games to make them eligible to drink. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. They're still at 20 wins. So hopefully tonight, the, the the game's already tipped off here. Hopefully they can go in there and take care of business against the Cavaliers and get to win number 21. You know, granted, the Orlando Magic haven't agreed to this, but if they win tonight's game, drinks are on them. <laughs> so happy 21 to you guys. Hopefully we can uh, add one more to the wins here. But, uh, Lord, if you want to talk about tanking it for picks, man, these guys are... They have certainly done it for decades. <laughs> All right. But, I mean, uh, enough of the belly aching here. So, with it, let's... Uh, there's one sports league that we haven't paid a whole lot of attention to just because March Madness is so driven with basketball and NFL free agency and all these other crazy things going on. We've got the NHL. You know, hockey. Playoffs, we're a month out from this. So things are really starting to take shape. Now, before we get started into this, let me tease you guys a little bit. We're going to slip off into a break. We're going When we come back, we'll, we'll get to talking about the Tampa Bay Lightning, our Florida Panthers, our Nashville Predators. And we're going to see where these guys are sitting, what they've been up to here lately. Like I said, we haven't given them a whole lot of attention here recently. So we're going to give them a few minutes to shine here and then... And, go over what we expect to be moving forward so before we bounce out let me give a quick shout out to our sponsors great american florida promotions uh, great american florida gun show uh, these guys put on the show every monday for us so big shout out to you guys thank you for everything that you do and with that guys we'll be right back after the break
Looking for a fun weekend of buy, sell, trade, guns, knives, ammunition, and much more? Or maybe you're looking for a concealed carry class? Then go to GreatAmericanFloridaPromotions.com, where you'll find the Great American Florida Gun Show. Dates and location for 2022 are up now. Shows coming to Lakeland, Port St. Lucie, LaBelle, Haines City, and many more. Don't forget, it's GreatAmericanFloridaPromotions.com or call 772-577-9647 for more information on dates and locations. Thanks for hanging in there again. Big shout out to our sponsor here, Great American Florida Gun Show. If you guys are looking to buy, sell, or trade, hop on their website. They're all over Florida. These guys, they roam from Miami all the way up to Orlando. So check their schedule out. If you're looking to buy, sell, trade, they sell knives, they sell ammunition. Obviously, they sell guns, concealed carry permits. You need it. They've got it all under one roof. So make sure you give them a ch- make sure you check them out. GreatAmericanFloridaPromotions.com is where you can find their schedule and see what city they're going to be by near you. Now, before we jumped off into break, we mentioned the Tampa Bay Lightning. These guys are our two-time, or really three-time, but back-to-back defending world champions here. I don't know about you guys, if you haven't paid much attention to this hockey team, y'all have really been missing out. It, the one thing I enjoyed the most, this is where I, they caught my attention, was the freaking boat parade. <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't, outside of Tampa, you guys really, really need to make a trip. If we take another championship home down here, whether with it, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Tampa Bay Rays, or the Tampa Bay Lightning, you really need to check out what's going on with these guys, man. These boat parades are absolutely insane. And who doesn't remember Tom Brady back in New England, where he was just a big, stiff, always gave the corporate answer, give him a smile, give him a nod, yes, boss. And then he comes down here to Tampa, <laughs> and this dude gets white girl wasted out there on the bay, gets drug off the boat. He can't even support himself. I mean, it's just, you want to talk about a good time. And this is just the NFL. You want to see some real people drinking? Come watch our Tampa Bay Lightning in one of these boat parades. And I hope to God they can give us another one. Gretchen, my Predator fans, my Panther fans, you probably don't want to hear this, but y'all ain't partying like that, man. <laughs> you know, now, let me take it back. Nashville can party. I mean, everybody saw the NFL draft. Everybody saw the uniform unveil up there. I mean, these guys, they just want a reason to drink. If you've never been downtown Nashville... It is literally bars from the riverfront, 10 miles north. <laughs> so with it, it's, Nashville loves a reason to party. But the, the boat parades, man, they're special. You you got people tossing the Lombardi trophy over the bay. You got NHL reaching out saying you better not throw the Stanley Cup across the bay. You know, all these different things, you know. So I would love to see these guys make another run, you know, take another one home. But uh, as it sits right now, they're right behind our Florida Panthers, you know. Tampa Bay Lightning, their season's gone really, really good at this point. You were looking at 41 wins, 18 losses. Uh, let's see. Our Florida Panthers here, they're sitting at 44 wins, 15 losses. So, I mean, these guys have been back and forth all season long. 
who's leading the Atlantic Division. You know, there for a while we were leapfrogging one another. Then, unfortunately, we all went on a little losing streak there for a while. But uh, it's hopefully things are starting to shape back up. I mean, it's uh, I'm looking here at their schedule. You know, like I said, they've got a, about a month out before the playoffs actually kick off. We're looking. The Islanders are going to be our last game, April 29th. Today's March 28th. We got 31 days, boys. So, I mean, with it, it's it's that time of year where all these games really, really matter. Now, the Panthers and the Lightning, they, they got a nice little cushion over their division, over their conference. The Predators don't quite have that luxury right now. These guys have really not been playing great hockey over the last month or two here. But uh, with the Lightning... They take on the Hurricanes tomorrow. That the puck's going to drop at seven o'clock. Yesterday they took on the Islanders. They take that one four to one. Uh, Saturday they took on the Red Wings. They take that two to one, but they drop it to the Bruins uh, Thursday. Uh, you're looking three to two on that one. So it's not been the prettiest stretch. I mean, we had a losing streak here with the Rangers against the Hurricanes against the Bruins, and we. Hopefully got ourselves together <laughs> here when we took on the, the Red Wings. But over the last five games, man, we've gone two for three. Oof. <laughs> so, Florida fans, man, I, I kind of get the apprehension here. You know, you, Miami Hurricanes, you know, they, they don't make it. Well, they made it pretty far in the, uh, the tournament, but they couldn't make it out of the uh, Elite Eight there. Uh, the Lightning, they're, on a they're coming off of a losing streak. The Miami Heat. They're on a losing streak, so, I mean, oof. It's not been great in the sports world down here here recently. The, the, the fan bases aren't too thrilled about what's going on. Now, on the flip side of that, the Florida Panthers over here down in Miami, these guys have uh, they haven't been looking too terrible. Granted, over the last five games, they've dropped one, two games. So they're 3-2 and two over the last five. I mean, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll certainly take it. Now, they're going to be back in action tomorrow against the uh, the Canadians. The puck drops at 7. Uh, they're coming off a loss from the Maple Leafs, who's hot on the Tampa Bay Lightning's tail right now. Uh, they lose 5-2. to two. So, I mean, when it comes to playing the top three teams, man, you'd, it'd be nice to see them compete. <laughs> it's nice to see them take home some wins here. But uh, well, let's hope to God the, uh, the losing streak here is over for these guys. But... Uh, Let's head to north a little bit. Let's talk about our Nashville Predators for my Nashville crew. Now, it has not been pretty at all, for, like I said, for the last two months for these guys. Now, over the last one, two, three, four, five, six games, we've dropped to the Golden Knights, to the Kings, to the Flyers. So we're three and three <laughs> over the last six games, guys. It's, uh, ooh. So, I mean, you can't keep going 500. You can't keep running these losing streaks and expect to stay in playoff contention here. I mean, you got the Avalanche that you're trying to chase down in the Central Division. you got the Minnesota Wild, which you've gone back and forth with. But as it sits, you're looking to be in the playoffs. But you keep losing and losing, man. It ain't going to – that that window closes. And uh, let's hope to God these Predators, these – this Nashville team can get everything put together because I don't know if you guys got to see the Stanley Cup run that they made, but Nashville is a great city, again, when it comes just to 
partying to the crowds coming out in masses. I mean, I'm talking hundreds of thousands of people down on Broadway, down on Second, storming the the arena. I mean, it was it was fun to see. It was fun to experience when I was up there. So, I mean, if you love your boat parades, man, you would just love the way these honky-tonks and the way all these bars and the way all this stuff happens in Nashville, man. It's just, they're, they're freaking throwing catfish on the ice for crying out loud. So, these guys, they're just absolutely insane when things are rolling right. Let's hope to God, for my selfish purposes, again, if I root for you, I'm sorry. It seems to be the kiss of death. But I'm hoping that these guys can turn around and uh, make a good push in the in the playoffs here. It, it doesn't quite matter how well your season went as long as you get hot at the right time just make sure you can make it to the dance right so let's see how the predators have been stacking up right now so this is how the season's gone for them 38 wins 24 losses i mean not too far off from being a 500 team here man <laughs> it's, it's not like we're talking about the predators and or not the predators but the panthers and the the lightning here where these guys have less than 20 losses so i mean uh, it's it's not been great hockey unfortunately but the good news is we're only a month out from playoffs so hopefully they've got their act together and we can see some see a nice little push moving forward now i kind of want to get to the second half of what march madness is all about for me hockey's great it really doesn't make sense or really doesn't matter until you get into April. But NFL free agency happens right in the heart of March Madness. With that, there's been a lot, and I mean a lot, of huge moves over this free agency period. You have Teddy Bridgewater going down to Miami. This week alone, you had Tyreek Hill make his way into Miami. And you want to talk about... A game changer you know that it got to a point where they weren't going to come to terms up in kansas city on an extension there he wasn't going to get the money he was wanting miami didn't mind paying that <laughs> i don't know where they're getting all this money but they didn't mind pulling the trigger on that one so i mean they they spent some draft capital you know it's going to cost us a first round pick and a second round pick this year if i'm not mistaken a fourth and a fifth round pick this year and another fourth round in a third round, if I'm not mistaken, for next year. It, it's a lot of picks, but you got to look at it this way. How many third, fourth, and fifth round picks ever pan out? I can't think of many. I mean, Tom Brady's the exception, right? But with it, even first round picks. Look at the Cleveland Browns. I mean, if all your first round picks ever panned out, <laughs> the Cleveland Browns should have Super Bowl after Super Bowl. I mean, these guys were first in the draft forever. Jacksonville. Again, another team that has just had a whole lot of early first-round picks, right? Just another team that has not been able to, to land it. And it's not just them. I mean, that's a league-wide issue. So, I mean, there's so many things that you miss on. So why is everybody so mad about pulling the trigger on a known commodity? You know, Tyreek Hill, I mean, it's he's proven himself. I, I get that you're rolling the dice coming out of the draft. A really undersized guy that can run <laughs> very, very fast. But a lot of people in Miami were not happy about the draft capital that they just spent on these guys. You turn around and spend a first round and a second round pick on something that you know 
will change your team immediately versus I hope we pick the right guy. Spend it, buddy. <laughs> Go ahead and spend the money on that one. It's kind of like Khalil Mack when he went to uh, Chicago there. Why would you not spend two first-round picks on that guy? You know he's going to come in and absolutely wreck an offensive line. You know what you're getting to me. Shoot, I, I promise you I'm going to miss on the next two first-round picks. So, yeah, I'll take Khalil Mack, right? So, uh, on that end, I don't see why Dolphin fans are so mad over the capital that they spent there. Uh, Mike McDaniel, he seems to uh, have a certain amount of appeal to him. Lord, there's rumor right now over a few different big names that we're going to get to. Uh, Debo Samuel, for one, over in San Francisco. He's, uh, he's a little deterred over contract extension talks i mean this dude just if you didn't watch the san francisco 49ers last year you missed a outstanding athlete with debo samuel i mean this guy is a swiss army knife he does it all so i mean kick returns punt returns uh, running back wide receiver lord i think he's thrown the ball i mean this dude can do anything you want him to do and they haven't given him a contract extension again it's probably money related but with it, there's some rumor about him coming to Miami. Some trade talks over it. Now, you got to remember who was up there with him. Mike McDaniel. And they say where there's smoke, there's fire. I feel a little bit that there might be something to this trade rumor. Who's to say? I can almost guarantee you, Devo Samuel has Mike McDaniel's phone number. And when things started to break down here with the contract extension negotiations, he probably shot a text, hey, is there any way you can bring me on? Do we have the room? <laughs> Do we have the draft capital? Uh, not for this year, we don't. <laughs> but who wouldn't want to see Waddell, Parker, Tyreek Hill, Debo Samuel? What are you going to do? <laughs> Who are you going to guard? I mean, I don't think there's enough balls to go around for all these guys to be under one roof. But uh, my goodness, you are not going to put eight men in the box. You ain't going to put seven, six, five, and maybe not even four <laughs> when you get a lineup like that on the edge, man. Spread them out five wide. Hey, you know we ain't going to run it. Tua might be able to, but uh, you ain't got to worry about a running back back there when you got five wideouts <laughs> stretching the defense out like that but uh th that's what i'm excited about with the dolphins though man they have really made a splash this year you bring in tyreek hill just immediate impact as far as what's going to happen with this team and you turn around and look at the tackle that they bring in you know these guys are invested and in taking care of tua here so on it man uh Tua doesn't have any excuse at this point. You know, we're putting an offensive line around this guy. They've given all kinds of weapons to him. You know, Waddell, he was great last season. Parker, again, another fantastic wide receiver. A little injury prone. Tyreek Hill over the last couple of seasons have had a few nagging injuries. But now you've got enough depth at playmaker to where, <laughs> where everything changes. Again, if you can't stack the box... You can't get pressure on the quarterback that well. If you got five people blocking four, the numbers are in your in your favor at this point. Now, we talked a little bit about draft capital and rumors, and there's another rumor floating around about Tom Brady being traded to the Miami Dolphins. You know, 
I think there's just more smoke and mirrors with this one. I don't think this is going to happen. Simply because the Bucks have nothing behind them, right? Why would the Bucks give up an opportunity at the Super Bowl when there's absolutely nothing returned for this year? Now, when I say they don't have draft capital, I'm talking about for 2022. 2023 is a little different. They're sitting there with two first-round picks. They got the 49ers' first-round pick, and they also have, obviously, their first-round pick because they didn't give that one away. So they've got some draft capital. It's just not going to benefit anybody this season. So I just can't really see Tampa Bay putting themselves in a position to where it's going to hurt them. I mean, if you're going to trade a huge name like that, you would expect an immediate return. Okay, let's turn around and find somebody in the draft this year. Now, if you're trying to draft a quarterback in this draft, you are screwing up. <laughs> this draft, next draft, uh, unless somebody pops out of nowhere next season, I don't see a whole lot of promise, a whole lot of, ooh, that's our guy, like Trevor Lawrence was coming out. Granted, he hasn't panned out well in the NFL, but, you know, he's got so much potential. Again, another situation like Tua. Just protect the man. Put some weapons around him. Give him an opportunity. You know, if once you stack the box and can continue just to bull rush this guy, yeah, it's not going to be pretty. Ask Brian Tannehill. <laughs> it's, uh, whew, you're going to start feeling ghosts and seeing ghosts. Miami knew all about that one, right? So with it, it's, uh, I just don't see it happening. I really don't. Now, there is a name that I keep throwing out there for everybody in connection to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it had a lot to do with Bruce Arians' love for the guy in the draft. Baker Mayfield. It's The Browns want him gone. <laughs> they then brought in Deshaun Watson, man. Uh, they brought in, uh, Lord, I can't think of his name now, but they or picked him up out of Miami. And uh, so they, they've got their backup. They have no intention on keeping Baker Mayfield in that lineup, man. I've seen Bruce doing some amazing things with some quarterbacks that we were thought to be washed up. Look at Kurt Warner, for example, takes the Arizona Cardinals to the to the Super Bowl. Before that, Carson Palmer, you know, everybody thought he was done. He retired because he got sick of playing in Cincinnati and came down to play in Arizona with Bruce and rejuvenated his whole career, man. And it was Andrew Luck at his best under Chuck Pagano. No, he was he was at his best when Chuck Pagano, unfortunately, was in the hospital with cancer. And Bruce Arians was running the show. Uh, that, that's where Bruce Arians got his shot down there in Arizona. But, like I said, he has a man crush on Baker Mayfield. Or he did. So, I could actually see that happening, you know. Granted, who doesn't want to have their own team to start on? But, if my options were to not play football or sit behind Tom Brady for a year, I think I'd take my chances with sitting behind Tom Brady for a year. But with it, uh, keep an eye on that. You know, like I said, I don't know how much trade equity that you really have to invest on this guy. So I, I think you could probably get this dude pretty cheap. And like I said, Bruce Arians has done a lot of a uh, lot of good things for us <laughs> and for quarterbacks for their career. So, like I said, guys, keep an eye on that one. See how this one develops. Now let's let's talk about Jacksonville because I don't think we give them enough center, enough attention here. 
outside of, you know, my, my selfish enjoyment of bashing on them every once in a while. But uh, they're, they're kind of in a tight spot, man. They started putting all these pieces around uh, Trevor Lawrence here. And then just today, Brandon Linder, their, their center, after eight years, retires. Boof. <laughs> just when you thought you were starting to get things put together. So hopefully these guys can, they have a backup plan here. You know, a plan B, <laughs> C, D, or E. <laughs> but uh, we'll see how this unfolds, man. I mean, is there anybody in the draft? I haven't, this just happened about an hour ago. So I haven't had much time to really even look into this yet. But uh, with it, it's, um, ouch. <laughs> terrible, terrible timing, right? Especially when you had two premier centers sitting on the uh, free agency list there with uh, Jensen and Ben Jones. Ooh, some local names, right? Or local for listeners. <laughs> now, again, we'll, we'll see how they handle this. Maybe it's something they can fix in the draft. Maybe there's some free agents out there or they have somebody that's uh, that they've been grooming for this, but after eight years, man, you don't quite expect your center to retire at that point. Those are those are only your guys that are staying in there the longest. So with it, uh, let's jump over here to the Tennessee Titans. These guys haven't really made any big splashy moves this offseason outside of signing their own guys back. You know, granted they went and traded for Woods, but I don't understand what the titans deal is with injured players here you know why do they have such a love affection for these guys it, it just makes no sense to me so you go sign a guy that's recovering from an acl injury you know a skilled guy you know we're not talking a lineman you know somebody that doesn't really have to explode down the field or explode through tackles granted there's it's a whole lot of violence in the trenches i get that but your linemen seem to be able to recover from that a lot easier than your skill guys. I've had an ACL surgery, and you lose a lot. I go from a 42-inch vertical to an 18-inch vertical after recovery to give you an idea of the level of explosion that you lose. And granted, y'all are probably going to sit there and say, oh, well, they got the best doctors, blah, blah, blah. The dude that put Terrell Davis's knee together worked on mine. <laughs> so we tried to make sure we had the right hands in there, right? It's just sometimes you just don't quite come back. Now, granted, I've never been this level athlete in my life. I'm five foot four, so that's uh, genetics are what they are. So with it, it's uh, that's just a those are the type of positions that you would really get worried about. I mean, look at Derrick Henry coming off of injury in the playoffs. This dude completely lacked explosion getting through the hole. He, he met defenders and defenders won, and. Over the last three years, that didn't exist. <laughs> if the defender met Derrick Henry standing up, you just got posterized. You, you're not getting dunked on, but my goodness, you just got yourself on a poster for being ejected like Josh Norman did, right? <laughs> one, of, one of the greatest plays I've seen in a long time, by the way. That, that was absolutely fantastic. But I, I like the move simply because Julio Jones was just such garbage for that team. I mean, I get what Julio Jones was. He's probably first ballot Hall of Famer. Not many people are going to deny him that one. But he did not do anything but collect a check in IR reports for the Titans. And it's just 
for what he got paid, man, they got robbed. <laughs> he absolutely got robbed. So I understand why they wanted to make a move there. He didn't cost a whole lot, so uh, nobody's really too upset about that. It's just the injury aspect of it. You know, with them losing Corey Davis in free agency the year before for last season, it's uh, you missed a lot of the downfield blocking because that's a lot of people complain about Corey Davis's production there in Tennessee. But he filled a role, and he filled it to what you needed. He was your number two. I mean, he was almost a 1,000-yard receiver two years in a row. But he blocked. That dude would block his backside off. And that was a huge part of Derrick Henry's 2,000-yard rushing season. So they go and find a guy that's just as valuable in that area. It's no secret. Tennessee is going to run the ball down your throat as long as Derrick Henry has breath in his lungs, right? So you need that downfield presence, and that's something that Woods will bring you. So, I mean, I like it, but I don't, but I do. We'll see how it plays out. Now, we spoke on some rumors. This is another rumor that I'm not too thrilled about. I'm hearing A.J. Brown's name being shopped around to the Jets. I mean, come on. <laughs> Maybe it's the connection there with Corey Davis. Oh, bring me my boy. You know, my one and my two. But uh, I just don't see it happening. Why would you go and do that? Tennessee's not in a rebuild mode. You get rid of A.J. Brown, you just put your toes in the water for a rebuild. I know it might be a good wide receiver class, but again, why would you spend the draft capital on an unproven talent when you have proven talent in the building. We need backups. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. We need some help at wide receiver there in Tennessee. But with it, oh man, I don't see them getting rid of A.J. Brown. And if they do, somebody needs to have a serious conversation with J-Rob. And somebody needs to be sent for a urinalysis test. Because <laughs> it's, ooh, only drugs can make you think that's stupid, right? Now, since we're on Tennessee, let's talk a little bit about what happened here in Atlanta. You know, Matt Ryan's out, and Tennessee's old quarterback, Marcus Mariota, is in. And this dude, he, he backed up Derek Carr. So it's not like he was out there on the field in Las Vegas. He throws a shot out there. <laughs> they, they do an interview with him, talking about going to, to Atlanta, playing for the Falcons. And his response was, I was tired of being beat up. Man, that was a shot at Tennessee. <laughs> he didn't start for nobody else, man. And I ain't going to lie. Tennessee broke that man in half. Before him, they broke Jake Locker. Before they broke Jake Locker, they broke Vince Young. Before they broke Vince Young, they broke Steve McNair. <laughs> so, I mean, that list just goes on and on and on on quarterbacks that they just couldn't protect over the years. So, I mean, I get it. You know, you got your, your ankle snapped. You messed up your knee. You hurt your elbow. I mean, you just... In and out of the IR reports, year in and year out there in Tennessee. I mean, I wish to do the best. Hopefully, Titan fans aren't too sour about the backhand there, but uh, whew, he sent it, bud. <laughs> he certainly sent it. We'll see. I tell you what, we'll see if uh, Atlanta can protect him better, or if that was more of a Marcus Mariota doesn't know how to get rid of the ball. Ooh, and another thing that annoys me about Marcus Mariota—it's not Mariota himself; it's just the play callers. The people that talk about him, learn how to say the dude's name. I've heard Mariotto, Mariota, Mariotti. I mean, 
how do you get this wrong? <laughs> I just he he'll say it for you. Mariota. I mean, there's maybe it's a southern thing. We can fling it out there like that, but uh, I just don't know how y'all continue to butcher a starting quarterback's name. I mean, this dude was a starter for four years. How did y'all not get this right? And still, I hear you call him Mari Odo in your coverage on ESPN. I mean, guys, I mean, that's not even a hard name to say. Y'all are going to get these 12 consonant last names and you're going to nail it. Like Hushmanzada. Ooh, who didn't get Hushmanzada right? But you can't get Mariota? I mean, come on, guys. Try a little bit. Do something. I don't I don't know. Now, there's a couple things that I want to touch on since we're talking about the NFL real quick before we run out of time here. We got a couple stadiums being tossed around as possible options between two cities that seem to love each other. <laughs> the Buffalo Bills, they have a agreed to have their stadium redone. And the Tennessee Titans are also on that list when it comes to trying to get a new stadium. Now, we'll start a little bit with the Titans because this is still more so in talks. But uh, Bill Lee, the owner of, not the owner, Lord, the governor of Tennessee, has gone out there and shot back a counteroffer on building the stadium. And he says, yeah, we'll put some bonds together for about $300 million only if you put a dome or a retractable roof on it. Tennessee wants a Super Bowl, man. Uh, again, I don't know if you guys have not watched the NFL draft, especially the year where it was in Nashville. Tennessee goes nuts. Football is king in Tennessee. And you bring a Super Bowl there, you are going to see a party unlike anything you've seen before. Now, will it happen? Huge chance of it. Absolutely huge chance. Now, we with Buffalo, it's, uh, it's almost a certainty <laughs> that it's going to happen because they've already agreed to terms, taxpayer dollars. Uh, on that end, they, uh, they're ready to pull the trigger on a $1.4 billion open-air stadium in Orchard Park. Now, they're expecting it to be, be completed in 2026. And if I read this correctly, $800 million of that is going to be taxpayer dollars. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you're not going to get a Super Bowl, man. You ain't going to get the return on your dollar there. But, uh, man, I tell you what. You put a dome in Nashville, you got yourself a party. Now, before we get out of here... We're, we're, we're getting pushed up against the clock. There was a little bit of action in NASCAR this weekend. You know, it, it was, it kind of took me back to my uh, love affair for Dale Earnhardt. You know, this is when, in my opinion, when NASCAR was king, you know, you, you had the Intimidator. And with it, this dude would get up behind you and he would literally brush the paint off of your bumper <laughs> just to get you out of his way. And you saw a little bit of that here at the uh, the Circuit of Americas, you know, the, the Cup Series race yesterday. Now, we had Ross Chastain 
leading the race there towards the end, on the final lap. And he's sitting there pretty much blocking, doing what you're supposed to do, you know. Well, they get into to the back of him, you know, and he he almost loses control. He drops down to second. And, and in true Earnhardt fashion, he gets right back on this dude's bumper. Kind of brushes him a little bit. He's not getting out the way. But he gets into the backside of this dude and spins him completely around, just knocking him out of the top five. And I, I was just, I love seeing it. <laughs> like I say, I show up to NASCAR. I'm, I'm there for the wreck. I mean, I hope to God everybody's okay at the end of the day. But that is absolute fun times for me. So we got a little bit of the audio clip there. And uh, we're going to jump over to that real quick before we say our goodbyes. So uh, enjoy this piece of audio real quick. 160 miles an hour down this back straightaway to turn 12 and then down to 45 miles an hour right here. Much ground, A.J. Almanier gains right there. But Chastain didn't miss the apex. He's on him. Almanier's there. Opening door up. He won't open this one up there right here. Nope. Oh, he's going to use. AJ's going to open it for him. He moved him. Moved him. AJ moved him. Is he going to get moved back? Comes back. Chastain, will he answer? And Bowman wants to steal it. He'll get the chance. Bowman's under him. Oh, my God. Chastain's going to have to move them both. He's going to have to move them both. Oh, he is. And around goes Almanier off the bumper of Chastain. And Ross Chastain beats and bangs his way to turn 20 and off the the corner to the checkered flag. Hey, I don't mind that. He got moved and moved him back. Absolutely. Great job, boy. I mean, tell me that don't take you back to Delahart, man. (laughs) I absolutely loved that. Now, Again, guys, unfortunately, we're up against the clock here. want to give one more shout-out to our uh, sponsor here, Great America Florida Gun Show. Their April sed- schedule is set. You know, we got a gun show here in Stewart. You're looking April 2nd and 3rd. Port St. Lu- Lucy, April 9th and 10th. Lakeland, a local show for us, the 23rd and the 24th. And LaBelle, Florida, to cap it off on the 30th and May 1st. So if you guys are in that area, make sure you stop in. Tell the guys we said... Uh, that the just let them know the outlaw sent you and take a look at what they got again if you're looking to buy sell trade concealed carry permit knives ammo obviously guns these guys are going to have it for you again they're going to be in stewart port st Lucie, lakeland labelle find them in the area near you guys but guys it's been fun absolutely look forward to the final four this coming weekend Definitely looking forward to the draft coming up in April. But we'll get back to that next week. So make sure you uh, you buckle up, lock your doors, and stay classy, outlaws. 